Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Van Sickle, and before we get rolling with today's episode, just want to remind you that you can subscribe and give this podcast a five-star rating, give it a review as well, and make sure you tell five other Jayhawk fan friends about this podcast. So let's dive into it. Let's take a deep breath, Jayhawk fans, because after that three-game losing streak, your Kansas Jayhawks are back on the saddle with a two-game winning streak, beating Kentucky on the road and beating Kansas State in the Sunflower Showdown Part 2 at home as well. So let's get into it. Kansas fans, you guys showed up and showed out at that Sunflower Showdown last night. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about how Kansas got back on track. Of course, we know they lost to Kansas State in Manhattan just a few weeks ago. They lost to TCU at home in embarrassing fashion. They lost on the road at Baylor. Those games were all, except for the TCU game, those games were all close and against top 20 teams. So it's not like two of those three losses were bad losses. TCU loss was bad, but... In order to get back on the saddle, get back into it, you got to get, you got to be able to walk before you can run. And the, and the Jayhawks were crawling at that point after three losses in a row. Now, Bill Self had never lost four games in a row as head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. I took that into effect as they were traveling on the road at Kentucky. But they go on the road and they get a big win, seventy-seven sixty-eight on the road at Kentucky. Jalen Wilson. K.J. Adams, Grady Dick, Kevin McCullough Jr., all in double digits for the Jayhawks last Saturday against Kentucky. Um, National stage, by the way. It was in prime time on CBS. So it was an absolutely fantastic game for the Jayhawks. And then we got to see some of these big guys off the bench that just a couple of weeks ago when KU was in the midst of that losing streak, I was talking about how they needed to go to their bench a little bit earlier how they need to expand with some of their bigger guys that are younger on the team. And that's exactly what Bill Self did against Kentucky. He gets Ernest Uday, Zuby Ejiofer, and MJ Rice all combining for over 20 minutes this game against Kentucky. Adams was in foul trouble early. And so these guys all kind of filled in uh, sporadically back and forth throughout the game. And they played admirably. McCuller who had been off during this losing streak, really had not looked good over the past couple of weeks, uh, had 12 rebounds and was a spark on the defensive end. And then you have Dick, who continues to pound the glass. So (laughs) even when his shots aren't falling, you've got Grady Dick, who's given the energy, big energy out of Grady Dick on the road at Kentucky. So you love to see it because Grady Dick's one of those guys that When he's hitting the three, you can't stop him. And now he's in a little bit of a slump from three-point range, but he's giving you that energy on defense, on the offensive glass, trying to give the team second chances. And so you love to see it. That was huge in that win over Kentucky. Again, a 77-68 win over the Kentucky Wildcats. And you know what that means. Kansas has now beat Duke, Kentucky, Indiana, And last year in the national championship, North Carolina, 
they're just going through all the Blue Blood programs, and you love to see it, don't you, if you're a KU fan, being able to topple all these other teams that supposedly think they have the best college basketball program in the nation, when we all know it is the Kansas Jayhawks that have the best and most uh, significant college basketball program in the nation right there in Lawrence, Kansas. So let's get into the Sunflower Showdown part of the show. Part two, number seven, Kansas State. At number eight, Kansas. In Lawrence, at Allen Fieldhouse, the mecca of college basketball. And you, Kansas Jayhawk fans, were getting after it. Super rowdy out there, in a respectful way, of course. You love it. But... The announced attendance was 18,300 people in a 16,300 capacity venue. That is absolutely wild. Bonkers that they were able to fit 2,000 extra people in there. There were actually students being turned away from the building. And it ended up being an incredible atmosphere. You saw Chiefs tight end, Kansas City Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey, out there in the front row right after winning the AFC Championship game, pumping the crowd up. Allegedly, he was out there partying after the game at the wheel, eating some pizza, maybe having some beers over there at the uh, at the Hawk. I saw there was a photo of him and Grady Dick. Uh, Grady Dick was not uh, consuming alcohol in the photo, by the way. It was uh, Travis Kelsey just talking to Grady Dick, just having a casual conversation, no drinking involved there. But he was eating some pizza at the wheel. So Travis Kelsey, a man of the people, hanging out at the wheel, hanging out. At uh, the Hawk over there in Lawrence, Kansas after the game. Really fun to see. Right after the Chiefs uh, booked their ticket to the Super Bowl. And then you've got the Kansas Jayhawks and the Kansas State Wildcats. Number 7 versus number 8 in the nation. Just a couple of weeks ago, it was KU who lost 83-82 in overtime in Manhattan. But last night, the incredible atmosphere actually helped KU get off to a strong start. All season long, we've been talking about how KU is a slow-starting team. Takes them a little bit to get going. Other team gets out to an early lead. KU has to chip their way back. Not this time. KU jumped out to an early lead and never gave it up. So it was the it was a 90-78 to victory in Allen Fieldhouse. Jalen Wilson and Dewan Harris... Started out the game high. I think it was Dewan Harris hit the the first three-pointer of the game to give KU a 3-0 lead. And you just love to see it. Jalen Wilson, again, with a 20-point game. I think he ended up hitting four three-pointers on the night. 20-point game from him. Dewan Harris tied a career-high 18 points in this game in this win over their rival, Kansas State. And then Kevin McCullough Jr. with another solid start as well. 16 points and 13 rebounds in this game against Kansas State. Last game against Kansas State, McCullough was absolutely horrible. He had zero points, several key turnovers that were not good for the Jayhawks as they got out to a slow start. But McCullough made up for it. 16 points, 13 rebounds in this one. And once again, I know I talked about it for the Kentucky game, but once again, uh, Dick struggled in this one from deep, one for three from three-point range. Uh, He did finish the game with nine points and five rebounds. Again, he was bringing the energy, the big energy from Grady Dick, 
on both sides of the ball, even though he wasn't making a lot of shots. One time I can remember specifically in the first half where Grady Dick shoots a three-pointer, misses it, and he was on the far side of the court, misses the three-pointer, goes all the way to the other side of the court, saves the ball from going out of bounds, and tips it to a teammate. Now, I haven't seen a, a hustle play like that from anybody in a long time. In college, NBA, the way that Grady Dick sprinted across the court after he missed a shot to save the ball from going out of bounds was absolutely incredible. So you love to see, even though you don't love to see uh, Grady Dick going cold from, from the field, you love to see the energy that he brings despite not making those shots that he was earlier in the season. Now, I know Grady Dick's going to come back. I know Dick's going to get hot in March. That's going to be critical for the Jayhawks if they want to go on a deep playoff or, or a deep March Madness run. But for now, Dick bringing the energy on the offensive side of the ball when he doesn't score, going after loose balls, going after rebounds, and then playing well defensively, getting steals, getting rebounds on the defensive end, you'll love to see that effort and energy from Grady Dick. Then, again, in this game against Kansas State, you've got minutes off the bench from those big guys. This time it was Zach Clements that came in uh, instead of MJ Rice. I know I was talking about him coming in the game against Kentucky. You also had uh, Zuby Ejifer, who got hurt, I believe, in that game against uh, Kentucky. But... Zach Clemens comes in and plays some meaningful minutes. Gets 15 minutes against Kansas State. Had a big three-pointer in the first half when Kansas or when Kansas took a uh, double-digit lead over Kansas State in the first half. And then you had Ernest Uday Jr. again adding 10 minutes off the bench, getting six rebounds. And this is critical for Kansas and for Bill Self as they go forward, getting closer to the Big 12 tournament, getting closer to March Madness, trying to get that Big 12 regular season title that they really, really want to get. But having these guys off the bench be able to come in, play meaningful minutes, contribute in a positive way, that's going to be huge for this team. So that win for Kansas puts them into a four-way tie for second place in the Big 12. Texas sits at the top right now. Ahead of all these other teams by one game, Texas in first place. But then you've got Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and TCU all in a four-way tie for second place. Actually, Baylor, I believe, is the the fourth team in second place. Iowa State lost last night, so they slipped down one spot. But you've got all these teams log-jammed in second place. This is going to be a Big 12 that is absolutely insane right up until the finish line. So it is going to go back and forth, back and forth, and every win counts. And KU has more big games coming up this week. We talked about it during the three-game losing streak. They lost to KU. They lost to TCU. They lost to Baylor. All those teams, top 20 teams, top 15 teams even. Now they beat Kentucky on the road. They beat number 7 Kansas at home. Now they're going on the road to play Iowa State, another top 20 team. They might not be in the top 20 next week, but this week when they play them, it is a top 20 matchup on the road at Iowa State, another really tough matchup. That game this Saturday, 11 a.m., so a Saturday morning tip-off for Kansas and Iowa State. 
Huge game for both teams for the Big 12 race. And then after this Saturday, you got Big Monday coming up. Next Monday night, Big Monday, Kansas hosting Texas, the first place team in the Big 12, 8 p.m. in Lawrence, Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse in what could be a game for first place. If Kansas can beat Iowa State on the road, this game will be for first place in the Big 12. And you love to see it. You love to see these big games. Every game in the Big 12 matters. Every game in the Big 12 is tough. This is the toughest conference in America in college basketball this year. Having a game on the road, 11 a.m. Saturday morning at Iowa State is going to be tough. But I think KU can come out and win that game. And then they're right back on a three-game winning streak after a three-game losing streak. And that's what you want to see going into the second half of the season right before another big Monday game. That's going to be between two top 10 teams in Kansas and Texas. We'll see what happens. But right now, you're really excited about what you see out of Kansas. After coming off the three-game losing streak, you want them to get back into a rhythm. And that's exactly what they're doing here for this Kansas Jayhawk basketball program. So coming up after you hear from these words from DraftKings, you know you love DraftKings. I love DraftKings. That's who I use when I'm doing my parlays on the weekend. But I want to talk about the football schedule release. That's right. Just yesterday, after as I'm recording this podcast, yesterday the football schedule was released for the Kansas Jayhawks, for the Big 12 And I want to dive into the football schedule just a little bit. I know it's a long ways away, but I want to talk about the KU football schedule coming up right after this. All right, so KU basketball coming off a big win in the Sunflower Showdown. And then we get the football schedule release. You love to see it. Kansas football coming off an absolutely uh, exhilarating season. After being a losing program for so long, They come out in Lance Leipold's second year and win six games. Get to a bowl game. Unfortunately, we all know it didn't quite work out in that bowl game against Arkansas. Took it to triple overtime. And we saw Jalen Daniels put the team on his back, carry them to a triple overtime loss, 57-55, in the Liberty Bowl. But the Kansas Jayhawks showed so much promise and showed their strides as a program I'm excited to see what they do in year three. So let's just go through the schedule really quick. Week one, August 31st, home game against Missouri State. Should be a win. I don't want to go through wins and losses, but maybe I will, just for fun. First uh, first glance, what I think is going to happen. So Missouri State, August 31st, home game win. Illinois, really good team last year. In the Big Ten, September 9th, going to be coming to Lawrence, Kansas. That is going to be a tough game for Kansas. Illinois, top 25 team last year. But I think Kansas at home with a packed-out booth can beat Illinois. So let's say it. Let's say win over Illinois on September 9th. Home game for Kansas. Let's go. Their first road game of the season at Nevada on September 16th. Let me really quick look here. As a live live look in here as I'm recording this podcast on February 1st, uh 2023, uh scrolling down to the end of August here. We've got 
August 31st. So that that first game of the season against Missouri State is a Thursday night. So KU's going to be one of the one of the first games of the season there on August 31st. That that might be one of the first games of the season in college football on August 31st. I thought that was a little bit early. So yeah, Thursday night home kickoff for the Jayhawks against Missouri State. You guys are going to be lit out there on a Thursday night for the home opener against Missouri State after the kind of season that KU just had. Uh, the booth is going to be sold out for that one, guaranteed, packed house. So, again, August 31st against Missouri State. That's a Thursday night against Missouri State. Should be absolutely wild for the home opener for Kansas. So I'm picking that to be a win. Uh, Illinois, home game there, September 9th. That's a Saturday. you got to get a little bit of extra rest going into that game. Uh, can get a win there against Illinois. That's going to be a tough game, like I said. Top 25 team last year, but KU was a top 25 team throughout the year as well. So start the season 2-0 with two home games. Playing at Nevada on September 16th. Uh, I don't know much about Nevada. I know uh, they at least reached a bowl game, I believe, last year. But I think KU can go on the road and get a road win early in the season last year. Just like they did against West Virginia, they went on the road and got an early road win last year. I think they can do it against Nevada, start out 3-0. and Then they've got a brand-new team to the Big 12. Let's bring the welcoming party out to the booth for BYU. BYU coming to town on September 23rd, and that will be a rockin' atmosphere Saturday, September 23rd in Lawrence, Kansas, at the booth again. I feel like all these games are going to be packed, sold-out crowds to start the season. Getting a win over BYU would be huge to start the season 4-0. and Again, back-to-back years would be absolutely incredible, and I think that uh, Lance Leipold is going to have these guys ready to go um, to start the season. Week 5, this is going to be tough. After what Texas did to Kansas last year in their home stadium, in the booth, playing at Texas on September 30th, that's not going to lie. That's going to be tough. I will probably predict a loss there for Kansas playing at Texas, even though the last time the Jayhawks played at Texas, they pulled out the stunning overtime victory. So you never know what's going to happen. But early on, my feeling is probably a loss at Texas. Start the season 4-1. and one, There you go. Then coming back home to welcome another new team to the Big 12, UCF, the University of Central Florida, Coming to Lawrence, Kansas on October 7th, the first game in October. So it probably won't be super cold yet here in Kansas, but you never know. Kansas weather goes up and down in the fall, especially uh, Saturday, August, or uh, Saturday, October 7th. UCF coming to Lawrence. I'm going to give KU the win there. So that would be 5 and 1 on the season if I have my math correct. Yes, I do. Then. After the home game against UCF at Oklahoma State, I'm not really sure what to expect out of Oklahoma State this year. Kansas got them pretty good at home. Uh, Their quarterback was hurt at that point in the season. Uh, We'll see what Oklahoma State does at quarterback this year with Mike Gundy. I think they're going to be a good team. Um, They really slid down the stretch without their quarterback, though. So uh, it's a road game against Oklahoma State, who might be a top 25 team. I'll probably predict a loss in that one. But you never know, uh, depending on what's happening at quarterback there for Oklahoma State. Uh, so, yeah, I guess KU would be 
four and let's see here. Five and two at this point. Five and two after I would say a loss at Oklahoma State. Uh the uh the next week you got back to back games against Oklahoma schools. So you've got Oklahoma at home on Saturday, October twenty eighth. Home game against Oklahoma. Again, Oklahoma was one of those teams that kind of struggled down the stretch. I'm not sure what to expect out of them. I would not be shocked or surprised if KU gets a win at home against Oklahoma. So let's call it right now. Win over Oklahoma coming October 28th at home against the Sooners. So that would be, let's see, 6-2 and two on the season so far. Then you got to go at Iowa State on, uh, let's see, Saturday. November 4th, you got at Iowa State. I'll give that to the Jayhawks. Win against Iowa State. That's 7-2 and two on the season for the Jayhawks. Then you've got Texas Tech, a team that is pretty good, pretty solid. Still don't know what to expect out of them this coming season. But a home game on November 11th against Texas Tech. I'm taking the Jayhawks. That's 8-2 and two on the season. Going into the Sunflower Showdown on November 18th, Kansas State coming to the booth. Kansas State coming off a Big 12 championship, coming off a bad loss to Alabama. They had a good first quarter against Bama, but ended up getting blown out. Anyway, Kansas State coming off of a Sugar Bowl game. Good season. Excellent season for Kansas State. But at home, in year three of Lance Leipold, I'm going to take an upset. Kansas upsetting Kansas State on November 18th. That would get KU to 9-2 and two on the season with their final game of the season, again, against a new Big 12 team, Cincinnati. The final game of the season on November 25th. That's a Saturday. In Cincinnati, I like KU winning that game to get a 10-win season in year three of Lance Leipold. I know that sounds crazy right now. A lot of things can change between now and this fall. We'll see what happens. But that is the schedule for Kansas just released this week. I'll go through it again really quickly. They're going to play Missouri State at home, Illinois at home, on the road at Nevada, home against BYU, at Texas, home against UCF, at Oklahoma State, home against Oklahoma, at Iowa State, home against Texas Tech, home against Kansas State, and at Cincinnati to close the season. That is the KU football schedule for 2023. And if you didn't know, KU's been pulling in a lot of transfers out of the transfer portal. They've been getting recruits left and right over the past couple of weeks. Been seeing it all over their Twitter. You can go to KU Athletics, see what the KU football team's been up to. Also, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We've got articles tracking transfer portal, recruiting, and everything like that. So check out HeartlandCollegeSports.com for all the latest on KU football and what they've been doing there. That about does it for today's episode. You can always get at me on Twitter, at JayhawkerTalker, at MarkTheOverseer. We can keep that conversation going over there. My name is Mark Van Sickle. You've been listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast in affiliation with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And until next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.